Welcome to another episode of Generation Future Ready, a new series powered by PetroScience and the Katie School of Communications and Creative Arts. This series explores the challenges and opportunities in a fast-changing future and how the generation today can prepare themselves with the right knowledge and skills to be future ready. So today we're on the theme of emerging jobs of tomorrow and we're going to be talking about the future of work, artificial intelligence versus humans. So basically we're talking about robots, which is really cool. I like robots. So uh, will the future of work see AI taking over human jobs? That's what we're going to find out today. So joining us in the studio are two industry leaders who will be sharing their insights on an ever-evolving future and what it takes to stay ahead. So welcome to the show, Bwansui Maimon Arif Patel. She's the Corporate Social Responsibility Director of Hapsin Consolidated Burhad. And Mr. Mohundan Kamarapulai, Deputy Director of the Malaysian Digital Economy Corporation, MDEC. So let's start with getting to know our guests. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi. So um, I want to know more about you. Tell us about your backgrounds and what you do as a career. Let's start with Bwansui. Well, where do I start? <laughs> it's been a long career, isn't it? Um, I started as a food technologist but end up doing CSR today. So, um, started as food technologist and uh, built a factory. Then I thought that, yeah, you can build a factory so you can go into um, property development. So I move on to do HR, people. Mm. So from uh, doing HR, uh, move on to do marketing research as a um, then from research, then I moved to communication. I was a Marcom. So everything was just really people-based. People-based. Yeah. So until today, um, I'm still people-based. So <laughs> yeah, I've moved from different, different sector, segments. So through it all, it's about learning and learning and my quest for learning. Technology, anyone can learn. Yes. Yeah, you, you pick up a book, you read about it, you can learn technology. It's about people. So my career it revolves around managing people. So, um, Muhu, tell us about your background as well. Yeah, Sophie, um, quite interesting. Now listening to Puan Sri, I actually, I'm a trained biotechnologist. Wow. <laughs> yeah, quite some time back. And... You know, um, but after finishing, I realized that I, I didn't want to get stuck in a lab. I'm more of a, I think, I, I really wanted to be out there trying to figure out things. And and so I, I actually started my career in a private uh, education institute. Oh. Yeah, I actually helped set up a private uh, college um, quite some time back. Today they are a university. Um, and then from there I moved into uh, tech. Tech was something really that I think was always at the back of my mind. So bit of a self-thought when it comes to technology mm -hmm. and I had an opportunity to actually work in a, a telehealth program uh, which actually one of the MSc project back then mm -hmm. looking at how we can actually help Malaysians to look into uh, teleconferencing right um, also looking at health from a digital perspective that's really cool yeah so I started that um, and then I got into e-learning um, bit and then after that I joined MDEC uh, at MDEC I think I had I spent the most of my career and a lot of things I was doing there was actually to help different groups, different communities when it comes to technology. So I, a lot of work that I did was actually with businesses, mm -hmm. uh, which is very relevant to what I'm doing today. It was actually to help uh, traditional businesses to figure out how they can be, you know, how can they create impact in the digital world. Oh, so how <coughs> they can kind of uh, digitize themselves in exactly. this environment. The key theme today is either you get 
you get disrupted, right? Or you disrupt. Yes. Right? Yeah. So that's what I do today. So I help companies to figure out um, how they can create opportunities or even look at pain points that they can sort of leverage on and then be a much more stronger organization uh, since we know that digital is going to be part of the future economy. Wow, both of you are doing such amazing things. So let's talk about who are the workforce of the future. We are looking largely at children and teens today, or you know, just people my age, the millennials. So what are some of the key characteristics of the current generation? And um, how different will the world be for them? Are we preparing them sufficiently? Pansri, what do you think? Okay, so I look after CSR in the company here. So one of the, our pain points as an employer, when they graduate and they come to the workplace, and uh, we always have this problem that they are not ready for work. Um, you look at their certificate, fantastic certificate, uh, ACE or whatever, you know, but they can't communicate. Yeah. They do not have that ability to think a little bit further than you know the the normal if you ask them to do a they'll do a they don't exactly. do a and b exactly yeah. they don't connect dots mm. but today it's such a fast-moving uh, world yes. no companies have the time to invest in that very simple training so they are expected to be ready so just like any millennials who who wants everything to be done yesterday companies, corporates, needs everything to be done to be ready yesterday. So based on that, then we decided in uh, the CSR uh, department said, okay, let's stop complaining about it. Let's do something about it. That's why we are in school today. And um, the work that we work in uh, school is really uh, to get this high-order thinking skills back into kids because for too many years, kids were not allowed to think in school. They couldn't really exercise free thought. It was about regurgitating the textbooks. Exactly, oh, because it's yes. about exam, yeah. passing the exam. So we go in to schools and we focus on rural schools because that's where the inequity is. So we focus on English because it's about communication. It's about a, the ability to communicate with the world at large and um, giving them a project-based learning where they experience high-order thinking skills. So what are the, the kind of workforce we need for the future? First, we need them to be able to think. We need them to be able to communicate. We need them to be able to uh, work, collaborate. But we are uh, focusing more on the teachers mm -hmm. because they are the gatekeepers to thinking. It's true. It has to be taught. And teachers were my generation or after my generation, they were the product of you're not allowed to think. <laughs> so how can they now start getting the kids to think, the students to think, when they themselves have never experienced thinking? True. So we focus on teachers and we guide them how to execute it with kids because if they've experienced it, they now, aha, Eureka, I've seen the light kind <laughs> of thing. Because we've done one project where uh, after the, the program, after the boot camp, 
one teacher came out and said, in the reflection, he said, I have been a bad teacher oh. because I was spoon feeding my kids and I'll do better from now. So that was so powerful. That is. Yeah. All right. So, um, Muhu, what's your thoughts on this question? So, we, <clears throat> let me give you a personal perspective on this. Oh, boy. I've got two kids. Oh. <laughs> my son is 15, <laughs> just celebrated his birthday yesterday. Wow. And my daughter's 12, uh, going on 17, is how my wife would put it. Put it. <laughs> and i tell you something. Today, as a parent, it's really daunting, right? Because your kids can correct you anytime, yeah. thanks to Google. And, and um, they are born digital, right? Meaning to say that when, when they are born, right, we call them digital natives as well. Yes. It means that the entire environment is digital. They have access to information. They can explore a lot of things, right? So the characters are very different because from, from day one, I can see that they have the world in their hands in terms of information. And so their thinking is different. They look at the world differently from how I looked at it when I was at their age. And what this is doing is that I can see is that one part of it is really good because, you know, you are exposed to a lot of things, you think differently, you also understand how other people in different parts of the world think, right? And then you can compare them and you can actually have that kind of conversation. Uh, the second part is that you are so well connected thanks to social media and yeah. everything. Uh, and then so you do, uh, for them, is that sometimes they can actually say, Papa, why do you think this way? You know, when there are like five other ways of looking at this. So I can see that they're more creative, right? Thanks to the information they have and all that. The other part is that I think this, as as uh, in this world, they also they have this entitlement mentality as well. <laughs> I don't know, maybe looking at different social strata, but I think they have that because they think that, as Paul Maimon mentioned as well just now, that information uh, or everything they want now, right? So they also think that they they have everything now, and therefore that puts them in a in a different sort of uh, headspace. Uh, headspace exactly that yeah. this could be a little bit dangerous when they actually look into the employment when they get into the employment environment because when you start working in a group you're not going to get everything right and no everyone's going to give you everything therefore how do you create this sort of social connectivity right you're good in digital how do you now move into a more of a, a, a direct physical or something that's a bit more analog I analog guess. Yeah, and, and therefore the human interaction, I think that's something that really need they, you know, that they have to be given the opportunity to work on, yep. right? If they don't get it, that's going to be a really a crucial component that they need to uh, sort of prepare themselves. And this is really important when you're going into a, a job market. And I'm working with kids who are in the rural areas. So the support so systems are different. The exactly. support system is yeah. different yeah. and the, the digital divide is so different. It is. So, I worry because if we do not focus on this and try to bridge that gap, mm. it could create social issues in the future. Exactly. There's going to yeah. be this huge disconnect, not exactly. only in the workforce, but in yeah. general with society. Exactly. So these are the things that we have to keep in mind. Exactly. Exactly. I think social um, inequality uh, yes. could be one of the potential impact of technology. That would be. Yeah. Right? Uh, we, mm. we can't just disregard it. We do have to do something about this. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that's some um, heavy food for thought for our listeners. So these are the things that, you know, I think that um, the students who are tuning into this, these are things that maybe they didn't realize were such issues. And now they can really kind of think back on their upbringing and be like, huh, maybe that was an issue for me. Maybe that wasn't. But 
technology per se, mm -hmm. digital per se, yeah, um, because when we first launched our program for coding, we went throughout Sabah, that's 212 schools in secondary schools in Sabah. So wow. we went all over and um, then we we do boot camps with them, then uh, they come up, it's a competition kind of thing. And when at the end of the, the, the program uh, at the competition, guess who won the competition? It's not kids from the urban, it's kids from the rural. That's amazing. So, if you give the same platform, yeah, digital can create an equalizer. It's a you you zero rise the 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 playing field. Yeah. But what differentiate between the rural kids, to my experience, and uh, the urban kids is the exposure. So. Urban kids have got a lot of exposure, like his kids, mm -hmm. and they think about the world problem. Whereas rural kids tend to be focused on what's my pain pro uh, the pain problem now. that's affecting like around that's yes absolutely right I yes. do see that as well because I think when it comes to really looking at problems on the ground for example yes. right kids in the rural areas they feel it they feel it they know it they know it yeah. and they focus on that problem so when you ask them to do problem solving they do not try to solve the 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 ills of the world but they try to solve what's my problem. So it's not as big picture, but it's definitely more the details yeah. which really matter. So they're very detailed, but mm. because they have never been exposed to programs, so they listen, they, they are able to, they're like sponge. <laughs> they're like sponges. They, they learn they and um, they love the, the their team uh, spirit is more. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they work better together. Their sense of collaboration. They is collaborate there. better. Yeah. Because they are they come from the rural environment. Where else urban when you have a little bit of exposure, I know better than you. You know, you're too slow for me. Then the ego gets in the, the way. The ego gets in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the only difference. It's about at the end of the day, it's about the humanity side of them. True. That differentiate them. And that humanity side is what helps them work better with tech. Exactly. That's so interesting. So we're going to wrap up this talk set first, um, and then we're going to play some kind of inspiring music that fits this mood that we're all in, and then we're going to come back. So uh, you've been listening to Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. You're listening to KDU Campus Radio. And welcome back to Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. Today we are talking about the future of work, um, artificial intelligence versus humans. And here with our guests, we're going to get right back to the questions. So in the fourth industrial revolution, uh, core themes of disruption include artificial intelligence, AI, smart automation, and hyperconnectivity. So many experts and thought leaders predict a future where machines can do a lot of the jobs that we do now, but do it better, faster, and cheaper. So what are your thoughts as a professional? And uh, do you see this already happening? Bantui. It's already happening. It's here with us. It's at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, um, one of our plant. So we have this machine that replaces the human eye. The idea is what the eyes can't see that um, the machine can see because it's got lots of camera. Wow. But it is only as good 
as the person behind it, you know, uh, how you set for it to read more data yeah. and what kind of data is input in it. Then if you have people who doesn't appreciate that you need to teach the, the AI, so they, they just use it like they use any other analog machine. Yeah. There's nothing that the machine can learn. It's pointless then. It's pointless. Yeah. So it's not about the machine. It's about the people behind the machine. Because the machine can only learn as much as the data you feed it and what kind of data you feed it. That's my thought about it. So my worry is that we still think analog working with digital. In uh, any uh, conversation I have on this, I always emphasize on changing mindset before embarking on Industry 4.0. It's not about buying more machine, buying expensive machine. It's about really understanding uh, how can you change the mindset first and what kind of processes that you need to, to change to take over this machine or whatever. So, Muhu, um, what's your thought on this one? Oh, Sophie, the short answer to that is yes, machines are taking over a lot of jobs that we can do. The robot <laughs> uprising is here. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, look, we can look at it from a different perspective as well. The, the, f- the fourth IR, right? What is What has it created? The impact, right? The two things we can look at. It. One is from the perspective of the impact of technology to AI, things like AI and, and automation, right? It's basically taking out jobs that were repetitive, right? Streamlining, streamlining some of this work, administration work and all that. So you look at it from this perspective, this is what it helps, right? Save, uh, improve productivity, save time and all that. That's one kind of job. The other thing that's interesting that's coming out of this is actually a more, a what we call the crowdsourcing type of work that's coming out, right? A different model of working. Yeah. You have the gig economy, for example. A good example is Grab. Yeah. Right? Where so the future of work when when the generation the next generation are looking at the kind of jobs they can do, then you also have this kind of new models that's coming up. You have to be aware that, you know, in the next coming years, or even it's already happening now, that there's gonna be diff- two different kind of jobs. One is if you're still within an organization, the first one, where AI and everything is gonna impact. This the second part is is this kind of new model that's gonna come out. So as a student or as, as a young uh, person who's going to be in the employment or who's going to basically build his or her uh, you know, uh, life in the future, you know, she would, you know, he would need to look at these two things. Uh, that's really crucial. These are the things that they need to consider, yeah. basically. Whether you want to be an employee or you, you have so much options to be an, you're self-employed. The options are very yeah. different um, it's nowadays, totally especially. Different. Totally different. Wow. Yeah, the world is really different now, Like, especially if you're a freelancer. That's so many different things that entails now, yeah. right? And I can give you an example. For example, look at agriculture. One yes. of people would say it's a really boring kind of uh, uh, industry, but it's really, really picking up. And look, in US, in the 19th century, there were like 90% of the jobs were in the agriculture. Mm. Today, there's only 4%. Huh? Yeah, only 4% of the workforce actually comes uh, you know, are actually using the agriculture. So the rest are actually all automated. Oh. You're using technology. You've got drones who are now yeah. who can actually sweep through your plantation and it tells you 
uh, which which plan needs to be uh, changed exactly right and and so the future I mean, even today people are talking about you could potentially be a drone pilot right we take drones as just playing games but if you're really good in drones in future that could be your job and you could be a drone yeah. pilot who specializes in agriculture exactly. so that's you in that sect exactly yeah. interesting wow yeah. so you the title of the job could be the same but the the scope of the job could change so different drastically so, yeah so in the world economic forum earlier this year Jack Ma said that with every new technology, while it gives birth to more successful leaders and opportunities, it also will create social problems. So what is the social impact of an emerging AI-centered society? Mansri. I think we've answered that earlier on the social divide. Yeah, definitely. So that would be the thing to look out for. Do you think there are going to be any further problems as we um, keep going, I guess, as things continue to, the technology basically gets bigger and bigger. Will the societal problems also continue to grow? Everything, uh, actually the world is getting better. Yes. But it's just that because um, the speed of information is so fast and it's so available that we feel that it's getting worse. And also I think our tolerance level for social issues is getting lesser and lesser yeah so we want to be um, peace on earth you know hundred percent a peace hundred percent no uh, social issues on it so we get more and more uh, it it gets amplified so I'm not too sure whether it's gonna get worse or, or, or better but whatever it is it will be amplified yes agreed so mm-hmm. I, I do agree with uh, point three, and I think that you know um, in any technology there will be the good and the bad, and, and uh, so I think uh, human being as a society themselves actually evolving, and you know we are creature of habits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely. So you know I have different habits. My kids have got different habits, right? <laughs> but they are all built based on the needs uh, and and the requirements that that are there. Mm-hmm. So I think as we grow, technology is going to help us to be more transparent. Mm-hmm. Right. Look at blockchain technology, for example. Yeah, cryptocurrency. Everything crypto, is so different. Uh, crypto is just one part of blockchain. Yeah. Blockchain basically can do a lot of things. It's an open ledger. Uh, imagine what you can do for your education. True. Right. Where you can just basically study online, and your employer could basically take that because through blockchain technology, everything is transparent. Right. Mm-hmm. They know what you have studied, who recognized you, and the experiences you have. So, I think in the long run. It will be very beneficial for us, but as human beings, we will continuously evolve uh, to sort of recorrect or redirect our our future. <laughs> That's a good take. So, um, just a final question. We're bringing it back home. Um, in early July, the World Bank released a Malaysia Economic Monitor report that included a special focus on the digital economy as a future driver of growth. So it states that while the level of digital adoption by the people and government is very high, we can do more in terms of digital adoption by businesses. So what are your thoughts on this? I agree, um, because if you look at just the manufacturing sector where I know most, uh, in the manufacturing about 70 to 80% of our uh, the businesses are SMEs. Mm. I don't worry too much about the big boys. Um, they can take care of themselves and they yeah. are geared to be uh, able to manage their growth. I worry about the SMEs because um, if you look at Malaysians, uh, uh, 
manufacturing, the SMEs especially, um, you don't see many big brands coming out of it because typically we are all about survival mode. We have been on survival mode for the longest time. And look, Malaysia is only about 60 over years history. So we don't have a history of brand building. So they don't invest in a lot of technology. They don't invest in R&D. They don't invest in the future. Because typically, if I cannot make money out of this, I'll close shop tomorrow. There's no emotion about it. I don't have a brand about it. I'll go and build up a new business. Yes. Typical entrepreneurs. Uh, that's why you see businesses come up and it doesn't go, let's cut my losses and I do something It's different. just easier to cut your losses and move forward. Exactly. Very interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, this this uh, is right smack into what I'm doing now, Ooh. right, and helping businesses to look at digital adoption. So, yeah, I mean, I think Malaysia is lagging behind. Mm-hmm. Our businesses are lagging behind when it comes to digital adoption. And that could potentially be a big problem because when you look at globally, digital disruptions happening today. Look at banking industry, for example, right? You have fintech startups who can do a lot of things that the banks were doing just yeah. a few years ago. So what does that mean to these banks? It means that they are, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're disrupted. Revenue, they're disrupted. Yeah. Their revenue is being taken away. But 30 to 40% of these things the banks were doing oh. in some of the areas are now can be done by the startups, right? So new models are coming out. So traditional businesses, you are lagging, but we're also looking at what is it that really, you know, really pu- keeping you away from looking at digital adoption. I think what Point Three mentioned just now, it's really crucial. Uh, apart from that, talent, right? Talent is a crucial thing as well. So when I talk to the CEOs of the companies, when they look at digital adoption, they think, oh, this is so cool. AI is so cool. Uh, it's very surface really level. interesting, right? And then they go like, the next thing that comes to their mind is like, uh, I'm not sure whether my team can do this. Oh. Or one. Second is that I, my company is not sexy enough to attract this young people to come and join, right? I'm in manufacturing, you know, I work with all this stuff which is like super boring. Then we go like, okay, so if you're a talent, if you're looking at coming joining these organizations, some of them are really making great changes, right? True. Some of them are really making great changes, but we are not seeing at the speed that, that is required. Yeah. So some of the things we do at AMDEC is actually we put them into a specific sort of a program, mm-hmm. we give them a more structured program, right? We help them to identify what are the opportunities in the digital space, right? Rather than looking at technology as something really cool and and then take them on board and then look, what is the ROI? So it just makes it like less yes. overwhelming for them. That's right. So we right. take them step by step. And it interesting is that we worked with one of this um, uh, property development company. I can't mention whom, but uh, <laughs> the people behind were so excited were not the tech people was actually the business development people, was the marketing yeah. people, it was the legal people. Because right? they see it the opportunity. Be. It should be. Correct, right? Yeah. So it means that to me, like it, whatever career you are progressing now, whatever you are studying now, mm-hmm. digital is going to be the element, yeah. right, which is going yeah. to support in what you're doing. Whether you're studying legal, marketing, communication, medicine, medicine, you're gonna you're gonna see that technology is gonna be the the underlying support that's gonna enable you to move. So you really need to start doing it now, even if you're not studying it. There's a lot of ways for you to really understand how technology is gonna push you the, the current the, the kind of work that you're gonna be. And it kind of brings back to like what you said earlier. It's either you do the disrupting or you are disrupted. So as students, that's important to know. 
But exactly. to my mind, you mm-hmm. know, to put it in a very simple context, digital is just a language. It's a language, True. a new language, that whatever thing that you want to do later on, as long as you understand that language. You, you got to be fluent. You've got to be fluent with the language. You can be a marketeer, but you, you know that language of digital. Yeah. So you should so see it's it as something enabler. that's going to help you. Yeah, it's going to enable. Enabler. Yeah. I think that's really cool. All right. So um, I think that brings us to the end of this particular talk set. So we're going to go back to playing all those inspiring hits I mentioned earlier. In the meantime, you've been listening to Generation Future Ready, powered by Petra Science and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. You're listening to KDU Campus Radio. And welcome back to Generation Future Ready, powered by PetroScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. So we've hit our legendary third talk set because it is the Have You Never Ever Challenge segment. So have either of you played um, the Have You Never Ever game? No. Nope. All right. So no problem. I will explain. Basically, um, I'm going to ask you a question. And it's like a Have You Never Ever Done da-da-da. And then you can say that you have or you've never. So... Are you ready? Yeah. Nice. Okay. So first question. Have you never ever had a job that didn't exist a decade ago? Well, for me, it's never because I've only worked in a bookstore. So never. Never. All of us never. Do you think there's any jobs out there that would have been interesting? Like if they were created now? Oh, that I thought it was so interesting. Uh, A few weeks ago, somebody sent me this WhatsApp message. Uh, It's about this guy in the 1930s um, his uh, identity card or those days they don't call it identity card his his uh, IC so okay so he's from Sarawak mm-hmm. and his job was a headhunter oh okay literally <laughs> a headhunter those days a headhunter today you want to know because <laughs> If you get headhunted today, you would love that. That's a good thing. But you wouldn't want it back then. Yeah, I wouldn't want to meet a headhunter then. But I want a headhunter. I want to meet a headhunter. It would be today. great if you were headhunted in the States. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I didn't think that that was like a, a real career. I didn't think that that was something back in the day. Mom's like, you know, go out there. Be the best headhunter you can be. Oh, if you are not a, pe- a good headhunter then, you wouldn't marry the fame maiden. Yeah. You're right. So you got a second chance now. <laughs> now you have a second chance. Muhun, <laughs> <laughs> any jobs that you found that were interesting that existed back then, then at least? Well, I, I, I can see the, the customer service, for example. It's yeah. It's really, really changing today, right? I mean, customer service offices are expected to do a lot more now. Um, that uh, what do you what, when we looked at it? For example, you can look at ATM machines, mm. right? When ATM machines were introduced, people thought that the, the tellers are going to lose their job. Um, so the job is still there, but they're doing completely different things today. So True. you don't go there and take money, or whatever. Not, but their job now is much more skilled in terms of how you support the customer. Uh, you know, give them better uh, avenue service. Of, of service, you know, and, and doing so. I think, yeah, that's, I think it's actually changed drastically. That has changed drastically within like the last decade. You're right. That's really cool. So our next question is, have you never, ever sometimes wished people were more like robots instead? Because I have. 
I I don't want them to be different like answers. Robots. So you've you've never wanted people to be more robotic. No, I wish they're more human. Because, because would it be that they're more empathetic? Then they would be able to uh, to think. <laughs> because our biggest problem is that they do the same job over and over, oh. and when things different things have uh, circumstances, they still do it the same way. And I say, why? Because that's how I've been told to do. Yeah. But can't you think? So you want people to like connect the dots more, basically. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. I don't want them to be like a robot. Mui <laughs> <laughs> had a different answer. <laughs> I guess it de- it depends. You know, sometimes a certain kind of uh, interaction, um, you know, you 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 do have certain expectations. So you think like, um, yeah, it's just step one, two, three. It's as easy as that. You should be able to do it, right? <laughs> and then you go like, uh, sometimes you overthink. Yes. We also have this tendency. I think True. we have too much information in us. We overthink. And they go like, no, no, just be a robot. Just just do it. <laughs> I think that's where our experience tells us differently. Because I exactly. work with uh, factories. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> robotic. I've got robots right in the factory. <laughs> I've got enough robots and automation in the factory. But I want the people behind it to think. Because um, <laughs> I'm thinking that a lot of students, they can relate to this in the sense of like, you know, their group mates. You know, you want them to be more robotic because it's like, just do your job. You know, I told you to do this one thing, but you're doing like the fifth thing. But then on the other hand, you also want your groupmates to connect the dots. So our final question for this one. Have you never, ever become too attached to your tech? Once you too attached? Your phone, is it? Yeah. I cannot go anywhere without my phone. <laughs> because that's where... I work, that's where I connect, that's where I I instruct, everything is there. True, very true. Mm-hmm. It's the same, I mean, a, a phone today is not the same phone that we had five years ago. Yeah, true. Right. I mean, the computing power, the thing that you can do, it's just amazing, right? People have said, right, I mean, this, we, 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 with the power that we have on our phone, we can basically send everything to the moon today yeah right and that's the power so as, yeah. as a person today i realize that i use my phone for everything social as well as work right i look exactly. at my emails i answer i do my some even some of my work my slides and everything i've done to my phone today so my macbook air which is on my table is just a nice furniture to have it's gone to that level it's a sad exactly. right? <laughs> I, I was Correct. in the office yesterday and i i didn't open up my my laptop because yeah. i was replying my email through my phone Exactly. So what does that mean, right? So it's also kind of bad because when I go back home, then my kids will go like, Pa, you're always on the phone. What are you surfing? <laughs> I'm not surfing. I'm checking on my emails. I'm saying something I shouldn't be doing, but sometimes you get caught in this sort it's of, very you know, isn't it? Very yeah, it's, it's all about being what, um, in the moment, living for the now. So you have to put down your phone. Because <laughs> it's like, for me, I like my phone because that's how I take pictures of my nephew. But also, uh, when you consider the... Right? I mean, how else are you going to get pictures of them? But also, uh, the smartphone market was disrupted so much a couple of years back. You think about when the first iPhone came out and what phones were like back in the day. The fact that the phone was like touchscreen. It was like, what? And then now it's like the norm. If a phone isn't touchscreen, then like it's not a very good phone, is it? So... We've evolved with that, and I think that's really cool. 
Wow, yeah. I, I feel better knowing I'm not the only one attached to my phone, to be honest. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, that brings us to the end of our legendary third segment. So we're going to go and play some hits, and then we're going to be hitting our fourth and final talk set. So in the meantime, you've been listening to K- uh, Generation Future Ready, powered by Petra Science and the KD School of Communications and Creative Arts. And welcome back to the final talk set of Generation Future Ready, powered by Petri Science and the Katie School of Communications and Creative Arts. So here we have our final questions for our guests. So first of all, to paraphrase a quote by Steve Jobs that said, um, our work fills a large part of our lives, and the only way to be truly satisfied is to love what we do. Drawing from this, how do you think each of us can make our work meaningful in the next five to ten years with all the changes ahead? Whoever, uh, you must always understand why are you doing what you're doing. True. The minute you know your why, you're home free. So as long as you have that understanding, it can help keep you going. Yes, because one of the worst thing to do is to do a job that you hate yeah. and to be stuck in a job because you have to for some th- reason or other. It's not because you want to. It should always be a choice, basically. It is, it is. I think that's that's very wise because there are a lot of people who think like I got to do this so I can earn money blah 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 and if that's your reason then so be it but as long as you understand that that's the reason yeah yeah so Muhu what do you think yeah I, I still don't know whether I love what I do <laughs> 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 but the reason why I'm saying that is because I think um, every time when we start doing something we are learning something right and that's really crucial the other most important part is actually to unlearn what you've learned. Yeah. So, the stuff that I do is that every day I get I get a chance to learn something, right? And I think that's what makes if, you if stay where it is. Exactly. Because it's not because of the job; it's the learning. Yeah. Exactly. You are your adrenaline is the learning. It's the learning part. Yeah. Right? That's and that's and what keeps me going. It's the learning. Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe it's really difficult to say you you're gonna love what you do because yeah. yeah. there's so many perspectives behind it. But I think every day if you can find something that really pushes you, whether you're going to learn something or you're going to unlearn something, people like my age, there's a lot of unlearning that I have to do. Yeah. Because my perception of the world was built 20 years ago. Right? So I think that keeps me going. And anyone who's listening, I think that's really important. That keep the momentum going. Figure out that one thing that keeps you awake. The why. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool. The why. It's nice. So, um, lastly, what is your advice for our listeners, especially the youths, on what we can do to equip ourselves for the emerging jobs of tomorrow? Once we keep always keep in touch with your child, the child in you. Be curious, forever curious. Be um, willing to uh, you know to to play. Have mm-hmm. you seen a kid? They don't know any. They may not no, know they anyone. They just it. go at it and yeah. they just mix. And when they fight, have you seen how they fight? It's about the thing. <laughs> it's never about <laughs> the emotion. Yeah. So if they fight about a toy, it's about the toy. And two minutes later, they are friends again. Yeah. None of this. I don't yeah. friend you because of this that yeah. nonsense. It's so like all right. Stay in touch with the child in you. I think I that's think very that's, important. That's the to me. That's what makes uh, you very 
um, flexible, very uh, agile. Exactly. Very true. Yeah. And, and I think as youth, you still have you you still know how it feels like being a child. <laughs> You're still there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think yes, you got to hold on to that. And we are living in a very interesting time, globally, from tech, even from the economic perspective. Yes. And the jobs of the future may have not been created yet. Mm. And therefore, what I would suggest for the youth to do is actually to always be immersed in what is happening around them. Not just for fun, yeah. but also to look at it from a different perspective. Grab, for example, is so interesting how Anthony Tan actually did a project back in uni and you know, he could have just left it as a project. But then he said, look, can I really do this in, real, in, in the real world? Mm. Can I do this? And he went on and did it, right? And that's the kind of excitement that should be there in everyone. Whether you're going to create your own company, we're going to work for one, that doesn't matter. But then the future jobs is going to be something that you can co-create. You're going to be building it together because it's not there yet, right? And so whatever you're going to do, always have that open mind. Uh, I know today's kids don't like to read a lot of books. <laughs> Maybe books are, you know, no longer the trend. But uh, if any book that I would suggest for you to just, you know, have a flip would be uh, Dan Brown's book, his latest book, which was uh, published in 2017 actually, wow. called Origin. Okay. I don't think they have made that into a movie yet. They have not. But, <laughs> but that's... Don't read the book. Watch the movie. Of course, yeah. I would recommend that. Since <laughs> the movie is not out yet. So if you can, grab all of the book. Well, I'm sure there's an e-book as well. Mm -hmm. The features are not flip through. But it talks about artificial intelligence. It talks about how it is actually embedded in someone's life. And how his life goes haywire. And then how that basically saves him back. Mm -hmm. So, you know. And that will actually make you think. Yeah. Gives you different perspectives. Very right, true. The future jobs is not created yet. We're going to be the ones creating them. Absolutely. That's the thing. But human needs are the same. Yes. So it's just whether we allow ourselves to look at it from different perspective. Mm. What's Grab, actually? It's just a taxi. It's transport. It's transport. Mm. But what's the difference? What was the, the gap? What is the need? True. So the ability to understand that gap and the need is what created the job of the future. <laughs> so thank you both for coming this week. Today was such an exciting discussion and I feel like I learned a lot and I also feel like the listeners did as well. So that's all the time that we have. And next week is going to be our final episode of the show. Very exciting. It's how time flies. It's been like three months. So uh, tune in same day, same time next week for our two final guests who will be talking about the new generation of technopreneur. And so both of you can tune in for that one too. You can also find our podcast on the PetriScience website and other exciting platforms now. Just uh, download the Anchor app or look us up on Spotify. So I'm Sophie and I'm signing off from Generation Future Ready, powered by PetraScience and the KDU School of Communications and Creative Arts. <laughs>